Bam! Ben Micellis, Michael Cohen here. Let's get right into it this morning. Waking up to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, finally ruling, denying Donald Trump's claim of absolute presidential immunity. Many people were wondering, including all of our beatdown brigaders and others who file, follow the Midas Touch Network, what was taking so long with the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals panel? Were they having trouble reaching a final judgment? Were they struggling with this issue of absolute presidential immunity in the face of Donald Trump's completely ridiculous and absurd arguments? And Michael Cohen, Occam's razor, sometimes the simplest explanation is the correct one. They simply wanted to dot their I's and cross their T's and make sure that everything was, in their mind, appeal-proof, that they were as thorough as can be. The panel understood the historical moment, and they wanted to make sure they were very careful analyzing this from each and every angle, from the jurisdictional angle to the overall claims of categorical absolute presidential immunity, mm -hmm. and then as applied to these specific facts here. And uh, as you go through this order, Michael Cohen, some powerful words by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals as well. There's the per curiam opinion meeting. It was unanimous. All of the judges agreed. And one of the most powerful statements uh, from this order is the following. We cannot accept former President Trump's claim that a president has unbounded authority to commit crimes that would neutralize the most fundamental check on executive power, the recognition and implementation of election results, nor can we sanction his apparent contention that the executive has carte blanche to violate the rights of individual citizens to vote and to have their votes counted. One other thing, Cohen, before I get your reaction, is in the judgment itself, this D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals panel is giving Donald Trump only until Monday, February 12th, mm -hmm. if he wants to appeal this order to the United States Supreme Court, even if Donald Trump seeks an en banc review of the entire D.C. Circuit a court of Appeals, that would not stay the mandate. It would only stay the current order if Donald Trump goes to the Supreme Court within the next six days. So the clock is ticking right now. So even though the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, I think, took a little bit more time than people would like, not only was this a powerful order, but a very short deadline trying to not allow Donald Trump to delay, delay, delay. So your reaction, Michael Cohen. Yeah, very similar to yours in that respect. Uh, the D.C. Court of Appeals had to get it right. This is so unprecedented. Ben, you said it as well as anybody that I've heard so far saying it. It is unprecedented in U.S. history. This, this D.C. Court of Appeals had to ensure that everything that they wrote, every letter, every dotted I, every cross T, had to be accurate because anything that was not accurate, Donald Trump would take advantage of that would cause additional delay. My belief is that the Supreme Court will not hear this case. This isn't like 
as you teach in school, Ben, Brown versus Board of Education, Plessy versus Ferguson, or now Michael Cohen versus United States of America, where there's you know an issue here for the Supreme Court to look at. What's the issue that Trump or his lawyers will try to raise? That as a president, you have unlimited authority forever. You know, one thing that they also wrote in this decision, Ben, is that he is citizen Trump. And I found that to be the two most significant words in the entire decision. Citizen Trump. He is not King Trump. He's not monarch Trump, ruler Trump, Fuhrer Trump. Not yet. So it's important that people understand that this country is not looking for a dictator or a monarch or a king. We're very happy with the system that we've had. And I believe that this D.C. Court of Appeals decision puts us on the right path, no matter what. Let me read you that line where the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals refers to Donald Trump as citizen Trump. It's the last paragraph on page three, where it says, since then, hundreds of people who breached the Capitol on January 6th, 2021, have been prosecuted and imprisoned. And on August 1, 2023, in Washington, D.C., former President Trump was charged in a four-count indictment as a result of his actions challenging the election results and interfering with the sequence set forth in the Constitution for the transfer of power from one president to the next. Former President Trump moved to dismiss the indictment and the district court denied his motion. Today, we affirm that denial. For the purpose of this criminal case, former President Trump has become citizen Trump with all of the defenses of any other criminal defendant. But any executive immunity that may have protected him while he served as president no longer protects him against this prosecution. Powerful words there. And contrast that, Michael Cohen, to what Donald Trump has been going around and saying. This was a press conference he held after one of the days of court at the New York Attorney General civil fraud trial. You may remember Alina Haba was by his side for this, and he was asked by a reporter if he agrees with the argument that was made by his lawyer before the Supreme Court when they were asked, or before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, rather, when they were asked if Trump could order SEAL Team 6 to kill his political opponent. That occurred before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals oral argument. I think it was Judge Pan, one of the judges on the panel who asked Trump's lawyer that question. And Trump's lawyer essentially said that, yeah, a president can order SEAL Team 6 to kill their political opponent and be protected by absolute immunity. I mean, what a horrific thing to so say. And I, I just have a question here, or maybe not so much a question as a thought. And I'm dying for our brigaders to chime in on this one. So let's assume that a president could do that. Let's assume that Trump would, with this, if this Second Circuit was overturned or the Supreme DC Court Circuit. overturns it, the D.C. Circuit, right, uh, they overturn the decision, and they state that a president has absolute immunity 
that they would even be immune if SEAL Team 6 would kill, let's just say, you know, anybody that the president wants, anybody that would create ire to the man. Well, if in fact that's true, does that not also apply to Joe Biden? Could Joe Biden then tomorrow order SEAL Team 6 to surround Mar-a-Lago with Smelvis von Schitt's and pants, grab him, bag him, tag him, right, and throw his ass into Guantanamo Bay? Couldn't he do the same thing? Does he ever then have to leave? I mean, in essence, what I'm trying to say is if Donald is accurate in what he's saying, the same should hold true for Joe Biden. And then Joe Biden just doesn't have to, you don't even have to have an election anymore because Joe Biden could decide what he wants to, what he wants to have done in the country. That's what, that's how deranged the statements coming out of Trump and his lawyers' mouths are as it relates to this case. I just, it was just, it was a thought that came to my mind. And of course, the obvious difference is President Biden has never and would never make that argument and every single other president before Donald Trump. And wow, did Donald Trump disgrace that office. But everyone who came before Donald Trump never had to worry about these issues. They didn't lead insurrections to try to overthrow the results of free and fair elections. January 6th was not peaceful and patriotic. Donald Trump's And they are not hostages. They're not hostages. Donald Trump's efforts to co-opt state legislatures to overthrow the results of their uh, proceedings. That is not normal. That's not what our constitution prescribes at all. And when you see Donald Trump giving these statements and saying, yeah, that he thinks that SEAL Team 6 could go and kill his political opponents, or I'll show you another clip in a bit where Donald Trump compares himself to a rogue cop or a pedophile priest who, by the way, don't get absolute immunity. But Trump says, look, I should be like a rogue cop or like a bad priest at the church. Let me just show you these two clips. First, let me show you the clip of Donald Trump when he's asked, do you agree with what your lawyers argue that you cannot be prosecuted if you ordered SEAL Team 6 to kill your political opponent? Let's play this clip. Do you agree with your lawyers what they said on Tuesday that you should not be prosecuted could not be prosecuted if you ordered SEAL Team 6 to kill a political opponent. Well, you're talking about a totally different case, the immunity. I say this, on immunity, very simple, if a president of the United States does not have immunity, he'll be totally ineffective because he won't be able to do anything because it will mean he'll be prosecuted, strongly prosecuted perhaps, uh, as soon as he leaves office by his by the opposing party. He couldn't answer that no, simple question no, here. You see, but Ben, that's the whole point of the insanity that exists between the left ear and the right ear of Donald. No, we've never had it in 45, in 44 presidents before him and the one thereafter. He is being prosecuted for crimes that he committed. He refuses to take accountability. So, of course, it has to be Joe Biden weaponizing the Justice Department to go after, you know, poor innocent victim Donald. It has never happened before. Think about it. 44 presidents before von Schitzenpanz. This never happened before. The only reason that this is happening right now is because he is a criminal. 
plain and simple. And he, like everybody else, needs to be held accountable for their own dirty deeds. Plain and simple. This is Donald Trump when he was in New Hampshire, and this was part of the stump speech that he was giving, where he says why he should have total immunity. And here he compares himself to a rogue cop and bad priests at churches who don't get absolute immunity, but he says he's Neither like the rogue cops. Here, I yeah, play, play this clip. But it's a little bit like the police. So you have a rogue cop. You know what a rogue cop is? Very seldom, but you have bad people. You have people, no matter where, no matter what. In the church, you have some people that aren't so good, right? But you have people, a rogue cop or a bad apple, whatever. And what they do is they make it so that you catch, so that it can't happen. And therefore, everyone else is allowed to commit crimes, murders, like at levels that we've never seen before. No, we're going to have to do this immunity for the president. If you have a president that doesn't have immunity, he's never going to be free to do anything because the opposing party will always indict him as soon as he leaves the White House. And you can't let that happen. You can't. You take away all of the power of the presidency. It'll be a different country. So hope. How odd, how disturbing, how dangerous. By the way, Michael Cohen, here's Alina Haba pretending to be a constitutional <laughs> scholar when she was asked to explain presidential immunity uh, before this court loss by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Here, play this clip of Alina Haba. The, the Supreme Court is looking at presidential immunity, which means it's a protection for presidents so that they can actually operate without being afraid of being prosecuted, persecuted, and attacked when they come out of office. But what has happened? He's been prosecuted, persecuted, and attacked, and they're ignoring presidential immunity. So finally, the Supreme Court is taking it up on January 6th case and going to look at it really hard and say, look, we have no business attacking somebody who was within a scope of presidency, who has come in, was doing his job, was protecting the elections, was doing the things that a president should do. Instead, they call him an insurrectionist because they can't beat him in the polls. It's a And let's compare that, by the way, to Democratic Congress member She's Jamie Brown. not getting fully paid. No matter, how, no matter how many times she blows smoke up Trump's ass, I'm telling you, she ain't getting paid. Not with the only person who could turn around and take a $5.3 million verdict and make it into 88.6. It's brilliant. It's a, a, a brilliant move by her. I mean, what a bizarre lawyering, weird lawyering, horrific. I mean, she didn't know how to even introduce evidence during that defamation trial. Her main I mean, did the Supreme did the Supreme Court already decide that they're going oh, that to take up this case? This is all again insanity projection. That's all. Already, the Supreme Court's taking up. How about you have to file Alina what's called a writ of certiorari? You make a request to the Supreme Court. You just don't automatically, unless of course you're Donald Trump. You don't automatically get to tell the Supreme Court that they're going to hear a case. Here's Democratic Congress member Jamie Raskin, and this is what he previously said on Donald Trump's claim about absolute presidential immunity. Let's play this clip. Um, to deal with what are very easy legal questions. I mean, when, uh, you know, Donald Trump says he has immunity for whatever he does as a former president, you mean he can actually go out and shoot someone on Fifth Avenue mm. and he can't be prosecuted? He can rape people, as we know, uh, he might have some predilection to do, and he can't be prosecuted because he's 
immunized against everything, conspiracy to overthrow the government, steal documents and so on. I mean, it's absurd. The other argument, of course, is double jeopardy, which is even more laughable. The idea that because you go through impeachment and a Senate trial, it would be double jeopardy to try you for things that might, you know, in, uh, you know interact with or overlap with charges that were brought before. The Constitution itself in Article One. Uh, Section 7, Clause 3, I think it is, uh, specifically refutes that. It says that, that if you go, if you're being impeached, that extends only to removal from office and disqualification from office, but prosecution and trial at law will lie nonetheless later on. So it's an explicit refutation of that argument. I mean, that is a one-paragraph dismissal of that absurd argument. Very few people can cite specific clauses of the Constitution. I think it's important for me to remind viewers. Now, As we go through this ruling again, page 38 from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, it says how the president, of course, also has a duty under the take care clause to faithfully enforce the laws. This duty encompasses following the legal procedures for determining election results and ensuring that executive power vests in the new president at the constitutionally appointed time. To the extent former President Trump maintains that the post-2020 election litigation that his campaign and supporters unsuccessfully pursued implemented his take care duty, he is in error. Former President Trump's alleged conduct conflicts with his constitutional mandate to enforce the laws governing the process of electing the new president. The public has a strong interest in the foundational principle of our government that the will of the people, as expressed in the Electoral College vote, determines who will serve as president. It's as simple as that, Michael. I have a question for you, though, Cohen. Now that the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled, do you think the United States Supreme Court is going to take this up? I would expect in the next six days that Donald Trump will file a petition for certiorari for the Supreme Court to hear this. Again, just so everybody remembers, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals confined the time frame for Donald Trump to do that. They gave him a deadline knowing he delayed, delayed, delays to February 12th. I believe Trump will do that. One, do you disagree with me there? But two, do you think the Supreme Court takes this up? I know you alluded to it before that you think maybe they don't even take this up because this really isn't a complicated constitutional issue as Donald Trump contends. It's fairly basic and, and the Supreme and, Court can hear it after. What, what is the issue here at all? That's why I've been saying all along, I don't see the Supreme Court taking this um, taking this case. There is absolutely nothing for them to rule on. What are they ruling on? That a former president can do whatever he wants whenever it's sort of with a complete get out of jail free card? changing the entire system to which this country has been governed since you know since its inception i mean what are they taking up with the yep. the issue could you imagine you're going to have the supreme court look at the issue of whether a president has complete and absolute <laughs> immunity from anything and everything i just don't see i don't see the seriousness and i'll tell you 
I'm not so sure he's going to have an easy time finding a lawyer in this truncated period of time to put in, um, you know, proper papers, uh, this proper writ of certiorari to the Supreme Court. I just don't see it. Again, it's even if they do, even if they do put it, um, put it in. I just don't get what the legal theory is. And when you put in this writ, you need to back it up with, you know, with case law. What case law can you possibly find anywhere except in Russia or North Korea or, you know, or another autocratic state that would allow a president to have this much power to destroy our tripartite system of government? I don't see the Supreme Court, even with the three morons that Trump put on the Supreme Court. I just don't see them, you know, unfair for me to call them morons, right? Let's just call, let's them call uh, politicos. I just don't see them deciding to destroy their name, their reputation forever by going along with this charade. So my next question for you, you may know what it is. The Manhattan District Attorney criminal case which is currently scheduled for March 25th. 25th. You are a witness in that case. That's no uh, secret right there. Do you think that the Manhattan District Attorney criminal case now goes in March, or do you think that will trail what happens with the D.C. federal criminal case? Pause there. I want to get your thoughts on that. And then when we come back, in addition to getting your thoughts on that, I want to show you this and show all of our brigaders this letter that Justice Ngoron sent to Donald Trump's lawyer and the lawyers for all of the co-defendants in the New York Attorney General civil fraud case asking these lawyers for the various civil defendants about these allegations that Alan Weisselberg, the former Trump Organization CFO, may have engaged in perjury before Justice Arthur Ngoron in the New York Attorney General civil fraud case. Many people have been wondering, why has Justice Ngoron not ruled yet? You and I have talked about this before, that we think it was for two reasons. One, the letter from the independent monitor, retired federal judge Barbara Jones, which pointed out a lot of financial issues she discovered over the past 14 months in the Trump organization. And the other big one was this Alan Weisselberg potential perjury negotiations with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. So Cohen, we've got a lot to discuss when we come back from our first quick break of the show. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Roan. If you're like me, you understand the pains of finding out what to wear. Let's face it, most clothes are uncomfortable or too tight or never actually the size that you really are, and not to mention the annoyance of trying to put together a good outfit. And when you finally do have a good fit, you can only wear it for a few hours before you have an important meeting or dinner, and then you have to change. Everyone wants to dress their best and look good at all times because, frankly, it's a confidence booster. So here's the deal. Men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible set of products known to man. And here's why. Roan helps you get ready for any occasion with the commuter collection, which offers the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, and polos. You never have to worry about what to wear when you have the Roan commuter collection. 
Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way, from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. It's time to feel confident without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the products. It's that easy. With the Gold Fusion Anti-Odor Technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. I absolutely love Roan. This has truly become my go-to commuter fit. We're on the move a lot, whether it's jumping from meeting to meeting or catching a flight or an important dinner. The Roan Commuter Collection has never let me down. The versatility and overall comfort of the collection is undefeated. And even after I wear it all day, I still feel super fresh because of that gold fusion anti-odor technology. The Commuter Collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. So right now, head to Roan.com slash Cohen, that's C-O-H-E-N, and use promo code Cohen to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E dot com slash Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, and use code Cohen. It's time to find your corner office. And now, back to the video. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Are your teeth aging you? Popular food and drinks are known to stain teeth. Beverages like coffee, tea, and wine stain them over time. So what can you do to brighten your smile? Well, you should give Smile Actives a try. Smile Actives is safe, effective, easy to use, and will keep you smiling proudly. As you probably already know, I'm a big tea drinker like many people. You may be a coffee drinker, and over time, I noticed my teeth lose some of their brightness that I was used to seeing. 97% of Smile Actives users in a clinical trial reported up to six shades wider on average, all within 30 days. Simply add Smile Actives Pro Whitening Gel to your regular toothpaste. It's been formulated with PolyClean technology to boost stain removal and deliver active whitening ingredients into the teeth's grooves and crannies to get better whitening. Smile Actives makes teeth whitening gel that can simply be added to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth. So no change in your routine, no extra time, and no more messy strips, trays, or light. People will start commenting on your whiter, brighter smile in just days. Smile Actives is the whitening boost your favorite toothpaste needs to give you the smile you deserve. Here's what you gotta do. Visit smileactives.com slash beat today to receive a special buy one, get one free offer with auto delivery plus free shipping and handling. That's smileactives.com slash beat, S-M-I-L-E-A-C-T-I-V-E-S dot com slash beat, B-E-A-T. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. Thank you to our pro-democracy sponsors. My Smile Actives is doing for me. Look at that. Oh, do that one more time. Let me take a look. Bam. And I'm I'm a massive coffee drinker. You know, and Roan, thank you for using code Cohen. That's C-O-H-E-N. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, thank you, Daddy I'm a Jordan. massive tea drinker, not a coffee drinker. If you want to support our sponsors, the discount codes are in the description below on YouTube and wherever you're getting your audio podcast. So before we took a break, I asked you the question of Manhattan District Attorney criminal case scheduled for March 24th, 25th of 2024. So right around the corner, less than 
what, 45 days away. So we're approaching uh, that trial. What the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals did in their judgment and Salty, pull up the judgment part one more time because they really expedited um, what Donald Trump has to do next. Trump only has until February 12th now if he's going to appeal to the United States Supreme Court. And what the D.C. Circuit panel did as well is they said if Trump tries to delay by seeking en banc review, you spell it E-N space B-A-N-C, meaning all of the judges who comprise the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, that would not stay the issuance of the mandate. That would not delay the case going back to Judge Tanya Chutkin to resume. So only if Trump files this Supreme Court appeal, will it temporarily stay the mandate? So with all of this data, you now have Michael Cohen. Where do you see the D.C. case fitting in? Where do you see the Manhattan case fitting in? And uh, where do you see potentially so other there's cases? There's a lot of hypotheticals and a lot of possibilities in that question. First and foremost, again, just because Trump and his crackerjack team of jerk-off lawyers apply through a writ of certiorari to the Supreme Court does not mean that they are going to be granted a hearing. They could easily, meaning the Supreme Court, could easily turn around and say, no, we're not going to take up this case. Under those circumstances, if that happens, if that happens, then Chutkin's case is back on track because that decision could easily be around the beginning of the third week of February. And that would then give them the ability about another 10, 12 days before which opening statements or uh, jury selection in the uh, Tanya Chutkin uh, case, Judge Chutkin case, would end up going forward. Now, let's assume somehow, some way, again, can't figure it out, but the Supreme Court decides that they are going to take review of this uh, Court of Appeals decision. That would then delay the case, which is exactly what Trump wants. And what would ultimately happen then would be the Alvin Bragg Manhattan District Attorney case against Trump would go forward on March 25th. So there's a lot of juggling going on. I will tell you, uh, I do personally hope that Judge Chutkin's case goes first before Alvin Bragg or the Judge Mershon case um, for several reasons. One, I believe that Trump is guilty in that case to the same extent that I know he is to be held accountable in the Manhattan District Attorney case. I mean, I think the Manhattan DA case is the easiest of all the cases uh, to prove fewest number of witnesses and probably the least number of documents. Nevertheless, a crime is a crime is a crime, unless, of course, you're Donald Trump and you want to play this, this, um, this pity party that you know they're just going after him as Alina Haba would say, because he's leading in all the polls. So stupid. Putting all that aside, I do actually believe that Chutkin's case has a 
better than 50-50 shot of returning to its first in position. Wow. And I'll say this, though, that Justice Juan Mershon, the Manhattan judge presiding over the district attorney criminal case in New York, had previously set a pretrial hearing on February 15th. Mm -hmm. So I think by then we will first and foremost have seen if Donald Trump has filed by February 12th with the Supreme Court, which I expect he does. It is possible we hear from the Supreme Court by then. I think if Donald Trump files a petition for certiorari with the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court will then give special counsel Jack Smith some time to respond to that. I'm not sure they will reject it right away if Trump files that petition. So we'll see what we know at that February 15th hearing, but ultimately it will be up for Judge Juan Mershon to decide if he's going to continue that hearing maybe to you know March 1st and see where things net out with the Supreme Court. So I'm focused on that February 15th. You know, day. Ben, since we're, again, playing with the hypotheticals and the possibilities, and I know our brigaders are going to enjoy what's going to come out of my mouth now, just imagine that, <laughs> just imagine that the Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA case goes forward and a jury convicts Trump. Judge Mershon can actually remand Trump to prison awaiting appeal. He doesn't just get automatic, you know, um, leave to go back home, to go back uh, on his plane or to go do whatever he wants. Mershon could actually hold him in a facility pending the appeal. I mean, it's really crazy just how expansive the op the op uh, opportunities are uh, in this in all of these various uh, legal cases that are confronting Trump. I'll just say this to kind of finally put a pin in this and move on to the next topic. I feel very confident now, based on the ruling by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, that the federal D.C. criminal case goes to trial this year before the November election, and I think that um, the fact that it took the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, a little extra time to reach that decision. I think they somewhat recognized it and they made up for it. I think they realized that Judge Tanya Chutkin did an incredible job with her order back in early December denying Donald Trump's motion. And I think the way that they kind of dealt with that and the extra week or two it took them was to put that very confined time limitation for Donald Trump to file an appeal to the Supreme Court. So I actually feel very, very good about you that. Know, I also ben, fear ben, ben, before we jump to the next thing, you know, you brought up Alan Weisselberg. And I just think it's only fair uh, you know, to express the fact that Alan Weisselberg has lied on the stand, has lied to law enforcement several times before. You know, he got this sweetheart, sweet-ass deal of 100 days in Rikers Island. I know it sounds horrible, but not with, you know, what the potential charges were, so long as he told the truth. So now I'm kind of curious as to what, if anything, will end up happening. I want to also just remind our brigaders, remind you as well, Ben, that Alan Weisselberg lied to the Southern District of New York 
the prosecutors, in my case, when they first started coming after me, he lied to them. The Southern District um, prosecutors, Tom McKay, Nick Roos, Andrea Griswold, and the rest of them, they knew he was lying, but nevertheless, they used his lie. They put him in front of a grand jury in order to obtain an indictment against And all of a sudden, like years later, it finally gets revealed. Salty, if you have that clip, CNN, this is August. This is dated August of, yeah, of 2021. I mean, look at this. This is New York federal prosecutors came to suspect the Trump Organization's chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, lied in testimony during their investigation of former Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, three years ago, according to four people familiar with the prosecutor's thinking. And despite their suspicions, federal prosecutors did not pursue perjury charges against Weisselberg, but his past interactions with them could now become relevant to the Manhattan DA's office as it seeks its cooperation in the tax fraud case brought against Weisselberg and the company last month. This is nothing but a rehashing of what already happened once before. Alan Weisselberg will lie for Trump. That's already been shown. And Alan Weisselberg, as far as I'm concerned, could potentially, perjury in New York carries up to a seven year, seven years behind bars. Let me tell you something. I know he pled guilty. I'm dying to hear what the deal was that they made this time because this is where Trump has his superpower. He takes things that were done to other people, which were done for his benefit and coordinated with him. And he uses it in order to show the various corruption that exists in the system, right? This is, this is simply the mentality of a narcissistic sociopath. Look, Justice Arthur Ngoron wants to know about this perjury. People have been saying, Where's the New York Attorney General judge order? Ben, Cohen, Midas Touch Network, everybody said that there was going to be this half a billion dollar verdict before February 1st. What is happening, folks? Well, I think patience here was a good thing. There were two major developments, right? Number one, the independent monitor who's been presiding over the Trump organization or has been reviewing the Trump books for 14 months, sent that letter last week or a week and a half ago to Justice Arthur and Goran pointing out the inconsistent statements, incomplete statements, erroneous financial statements, during the pendency of the New York Attorney General civil fraud case. Obviously, the New York AG civil fraud case is about what happened over the past six years, but the financial monitor, a well-respected federal judge, Barbara Jones, said during the pendency of this litigation, we found these massive financial problems. And my job as the independent monitor is just to report back to you, court. I don't have under any other authorities yet. You know, potentially you can give me those authorities. Hint, hint, hint. But that was a bombshell. Then the other bombshell as well is that you have Alan Weisselberg negotiating a plea agreement for lying in the New York Attorney General civil fraud case. And he's negotiating that apparently with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. So I would say those are two big bombshells why Justice and Goron may want to fashion an even stronger order against Donald Trump and the co-defendant Salty. Pull up that email 
that Justice Arthur and Goron sent to the parties on February 5th. Here it is from Honorable Arthur and Goron. By the way, in New York, this is how uh, people communicate in, in New York State Trial Court. As someone who practices in California, I find the whole emailing with the judges to be different than we do it out here in California, but this is what they do in New York Trial Court. So from Judge Ngoron to Trump's lawyers to the New York AG, notice that it's uh, CC to the judge's law clerk as well, who Donald Trump and they all attack. And here's what it says. Dear counselors, again, this is coming from Justice Arthur Ngoron, who's right now fashioning the final order against the Trump organization where New York Attorney General Letitia James is requesting at least $370 million and to permanently ban Donald Trump from being involved in real estate in the state of New York ever again. Dear counselors, as you are undoubtedly aware, in an article in the February 1st, 2024 online edition of the New York Times headlined, Trump's former finance chief in negotiations to plead guilty to perjury, William K. Rashbaum and Jonah Bromwich and Ben Protus write that defendant Alan Weisselberg is negotiating a deal with Manhattan prosecutors that would require him to plead guilty to perjury. What's more, he, quote, would have to admit that he lied on the witness stand in the case pending before me, Justice Ngoron, and during a pretrial interview plaintiff, the New York Attorney General, conducted. As the presiding magistrate, the trier of fact, and the judge of credibility, I, of course, want to know whether Mr. Weisselberg is now changing his tune and whether he is admitting he lied under oath in my courtroom at this trial. Although the Times article focuses on the size of the Trump penthouse, his testimony on other topics could also be called into question. Hint, hint, hint. I also may use this as a basis to invoke falsus in uno. As the article notes, perjury, particularly in a high-profile trial, undermines the broader ends of justice and cannot be ignored. I do not want to ignore anything in a case of this magnitude. By Wednesday at 5 p.m., please submit as officers of the court a letter to me detailing anything you know about this that would not violate any of your professional ethics or obligations. I would also appreciate knowing how you think I should address this matter, if at all, including the timing of the final decision. Thank you, Justice Arthur Ngoron. And he's kind of warning Trump and Trump's lawyers there as well. Remember your ethical obligations because you don't want to be MAGA, make attorneys, get attorneys, and now become complicit in furthering a crime right here. Cohen, what Poor do you MAGA, make of all of that? My ass got arrested. What'd you say? Or the other MAGA, my ass got arrested. <laughs> What'd you make of that letter? Listen, I think it's incredibly well written. Uh, and there's so the point when I was making about Alan Weisselberg lying earlier to the Southern District of New York. At that time, that investigation, the Southern District of New York and the Manhattan DA were working in tandem. Um, you know, it's the it's the same shtick over and over and over again. And if you really, really want to put an end in whether it's a high profile or it's a low profile case, it shouldn't matter. If you get up and you 
fundamentally lie. Now, I'm not talking about where somebody says, uh, yeah, but they meant no, uh, just because they got confused with the wording. That's not what the perjury charges are. It's where you take a fundamental issue of the case and you lie about it in order to disprove the case that's being brought by the prosecutors. That's the perjury charge. Alan Weisselberg was a key witness. Let me say it again. A key witness in this case against, um, you know, to, for the benefit of Donald and the Trump organization. The problem is the statements that he made to the court in order to, for Ngoron, because this is a bench trial, to make the determination was fraudulent. It was a lie. And just, Justice Ngoron cannot rely upon any of the statements made by Weisselberg um, in order to, you know, prove the truth that Donald Trump is trying to prove. He you know, just the cannot. line that I read there as we learn a lot of Latin here at the Midas Touch Network together, we talked about unbank. When I read that, if you were wondering, what is falsus in uno uh, mean? False in one thing, false in everything. So if you are a liar and a perjurer, the way Weisselberg did there on something material, then it should all be deemed a lie. And all of these statements by him and Donald Trump's co-defendants, a lie. A powerful email there by Justice Arthur Ngoron. And again, would I like to see Justice Ngoron issue that order? Yeah, I'd like to see him issue it last week. But again, same thing with the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. This is historic, important stuff. We know that Donald Trump and his Magadonians, as they call themselves, it's not even a Republican Party. Donald Trump and the Magadonians are going to do anything and everything to attack the judicial system. So best to dot your I's and cross your T's. And just like the D.C. Circuit did, Justice Arthur Ngoron is doing that as well here. And when we come back, I want to show you some of these Magadonians in Congress. I want to show you Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert. They introduced a resolution today. This is where they're spending their time in addition to killing a bipartisan border deal, a resolution to declare that Donald Trump is not an insurrectionist. I kid you not, that's what they were spending their time doing, these Magadonians. I don't even call them Republicans anymore. They are Magadonians and Trumpers. We'll be right back after our last quick break of the show. Ben Micellis here. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver infused fabrics originally inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. 
No more gross odors. And get this, Miracle Sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo, BEAT, at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat and use the code BEAT to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash beat to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. That's some great pro-democracy sponsors right yeah. there. Discount codes in the description below. And as Donald Trump loses in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, finding there's no absolute presidential immunity, no, Donald Trump can't order SEAL Team 6 to kill his political opponents. What are the Magadonians? What are they doing in the House of Representatives? Well, they're killing the bipartisan border deal that has all of the terms, Cohen, that they asked for. They got everything that they wanted. But of course, now Donald Trump tells them you need to kill this bill so that Trump can whine about it during the campaign. So that's one of the things that MAGA Republicans are doing today. The other things, you've got Matt Gates, Elise Stefanik, these Magadonians introducing a resolution that says Trump didn't engage in an insurrection. They're actually spending their time doing this today. How dystopian, how sadistic, how sad. They're spending, they're spending our tax dollars. They're not doing anything to advance what we need them to do. Instead, they're playing these stupid political games, which is all being done for the benefit of one person. I, I, I don't understand. You know, and for that, as I say to Matt Gates and Elise Stefanik, fuck you. Enough already. Fuck you both. Two stupid assholes. It's enough already. What the fuck are you thinking? Get some work done. Pass the border bill. Try to do something in order to benefit the constituents and all Americans instead of, you know, blowing smoke up Trump's ass as if it's going to do something for you. Because very much like what he's doing to Haba, very much what he's already done to Rudy Kaludi, drunken Giuliani, what he's done to Tacopinus, what he's done to me, to everybody that falls within his wake. He runs over you because he doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything other than himself. Wake the fuck up, you two stupid assholes. Is that a two-finger salute or is it a are – you, are you getting uh, there? The, I mean, that's the, that's the two-finger salute. Well, you got to go. That's the two-finger salute from <laughs> – well, let, let me show you the clip so, uh, so we can see where that two-finger salute is applied to. 
Here's Matt Gates and Elise Stefanik and all of the Magadonians talking about what they are introducing today. Here, let's play this clip. But we are here today to authoritatively express that President Trump did not commit an insurrection. Uh, and we believe Congress has a unique role in making that declaration. It's not the job of the states and especially not the job of some bureaucrats in Colorado to make this assessment and interfere with the rights of voters to cast their vote for the candidate of their choice. The very experts who often get on television and talk about securing democracy seem to be the first to want to then remove a candidate from the ballot because they are afraid that he is too popular. So there you have, that's what they're actually- Once again, once again, blowing smoke up Trump's ass. All and the senior Matt work. Gates says that the reason that he's doing this is he thinks this will help Donald Trump in the court cases. Here, play this other clip of Matt Gates. Uh, what is, is there like a practical sort of implication if this passes? Would this help Trump legally in court, or is this just a symbolic measure? No, I, I think that it would be incredibly helpful legally if we were to adopt this provision. You know, I, I've been the victim of federal crimes. I know what it's like when prosecutors regularly consult the victim to understand what the victim's expectations are. If we're the purported victim in Congress and we're saying this was not an insurrection, I think that would hold a great deal of weight. Yes. They're saying that they are the victim in Congress and that there and he was knows he knows all about the system, of course, because you transported an underage girl over state lines for the purpose of engaging in a sexual activity with her for money, a crime. So, yeah, he should know it. And why he why somebody like him is allowed to even get up and address the country. He's a fucking disgrace. It's why I turn around and I give to him and Stefanik and to. Actually, all of those idiots that are up there on the dais, they all get the two-finger salute. Yeah, and one thing I just want to clarify with Gates, that's what is being alleged by the Department of Justice. They didn't end up filing because they believe there was credibility issues with the witness, but the House of Representatives is currently involved in an ethics investigation on a bipartisan basis that apparently... Former spineless speaker Kevin McCarthy is very supportive of the investigation into Matt Gates for these issues. And we know that the Ethics Committee has reached out to the Department of Justice to get all of that evidence. Also, we have statements from other members of Congress that Matt Gates would talk about passing around erectile dysfunction pills and crushing them up and bragging about having sex while on the floor of the House of Representatives. I just wanted to make sure I gave all of the facts and data right there. Here is Marjorie Taylor Greene right here during that same press conference talking about President Biden's inauguration was an insurrection. Here, play this clip. Democrats and dishonest people in the media every single day accuse President Trump of waging an insurrection and accuse many of us of waging an insurrection and you're doing nothing but lying and selling the lies of the Democrats all for campaigns and elections. Shame on every single person that has done that. Shame on you. You need to tell the truth. You have the freedom of press one of the greatest rights in this entire world. And anyone that puts the word insurrectionist, calls President Trump an insurrectionist, and calls any of us an insurrectionist is a liar, and you do not deserve the power that you possess. Shame on you. Shame on you. Let me give you guys... 
That's MAGA. What if we just call her a fucking moron, right? I mean, why not just call a spade a spade on that one? She's just a fucking moron. And shame on her. Shame on her for, you know, for refusing to tell the truth on what on what she knows. Again, it doesn't make a difference if it's Matt Gates. It doesn't make a difference if it's Elise Stefanik. It doesn't make a difference if it's Marjorie Toilet Green. It doesn't make a difference who's saying it. They are all reading from the same script. I know what it's like. I know how they would send the scripts around so that everybody uses the same buzzwords. The more you use the buzzwords, the more it's going to get printed. The more it gets printed, the more people talk about it. The more people talk about it, the more the lie becomes the truth. That's the Trump playbook. That's Magadonia. Speaking of Magadonia, here is Lauren Boebert. Let's play this clip. Oh, another genius. The left is afraid, and now they are trying again to rig another election by interfering in this political witch hunt. I just want to go back to reality, though, and not this Magadonian nonsense of completely incompetent, weird, and very dangerous people. Like, let's get back to the normal world right now. And I just want to show you what President Biden had to say, because President Biden says, look, I support this bipartisan border deal. The lead negotiator is the Republican senator from Oklahoma, James Lankford, who Donald Trump endorsed in 2022 as being tough on the border. This is a bipartisan bill that is supported by the border cops, by the border union. This is the bill that is the wish list that Republicans wanted. But no, they're not serious people. But here's what President Biden had to say about it. Let's play this clip. Immediately. But if the bill fails, I want to be absolutely clear about something. The American people are going to know why it failed. I'll be taking this issue to the country. And the voters are going to know that it's not just a moment. Just at the moment, we're going to secure the border and fund these other programs. Trump and the MAGA Republicans said no, because they're afraid of Donald Trump. (laughs) Afraid of Donald Trump. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. It's time for Republicans in the Congress to show a little courage, to show a little spine, to make it clear to the American people that you work for them, not for anyone else. I know who I work for. I work for the American people. And finally, let me show you this, Michael Cohen, Democratic Congress member Jamie Raskin on the House floor moments ago. Gentleman from Maryland is recognized. Thank you, Madam Speaker, Mr. Chairman. We're here because the madcap wild goose chase to impeach Joe Biden has produced no wild geese. Even Fox News is lampooning the fact that their own expert witnesses repeatedly say President Biden did nothing wrong and there are no grounds for impeachment. More than a dozen GOP members in Biden majority districts don't want to go anywhere near that fantasy production. So the Trump-Putin mega faction headed up by the distinguished gentlelady from Georgia has been given this worthless trinket of a consolation prize, the opportunity to bring a slapstick impeachment drive against a cabinet member of unimpeachable integrity who has obviously committed no treason, no bribery, no high crimes, no misdemeanors, nothing indictable or even indictable, if you prefer. (laughs) Indictable, because Marjorie Uh Talbot doesn't know how to say the word word indictable. Um, Cohen, give me the final word, sir. 
Sir. You know, one of the things that we constantly talk about here today, you know, we, we, we just had a great, great group of brigaders with us. And while I constantly say this each and every episode, it is so imperative that you sh subscribe to this Midas Network political beatdown, share it with your friends. We need to start doubling. We need, we need to have millions of people ready and willing to go when it comes time to November so that we could ensure, ensure that it is a massive blue wave like nobody has ever seen. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't believe that the Democratic Party is good at messaging. I, I can't say it enough when I say they should bring on people like Midas Touch. They should bring on people like um, uh, Lincoln Project or Democracy Now. They should bring them on because those ads are effective. I mean, the, the Lincoln Project one was an incredibly effective um, advertisement that just went viral through the internet. It doesn't. It didn't cost any money, you know, for it. So let's just continue to spread the word of political beatdown. It's a great show. Please make sure that you subscribe, rate, listen, share my other podcast called Maya Culpa, where ninety-five percent back to where we were before I moved. There you go. Before I moved my RSS feed over here to the Midas Touch Network with the Micellus Brothers, uh, we're killing it. Again, it's all about con the continuation of providing truth and facts. No innuendo on political beatdown. There's no innuendo on um, mea culpa. In fact, right now, the one that dropped yesterday is with Mega Granny. Remember her, the 77-year-old Pam Hemphill? Fantastic, fantastic show. Talks about how she felt 77 years old, a granny fell into the spell of Donald Trump and what it took for her to get out of it. Unfortunately, it took for her to go to jail for 60 days and a rough prison at that too. So my friends, we are on a path. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart. Let's just continue to grow the network. Let's continue to grow this brigade and let's make sure that our voices, November is heard around the world. I'll leave you with this. You know, I probably wouldn't want to work for the Democratic Party, even if asked. I work for the people. I work for the Midas Mighty. I work for uh, team pro-democracy and team normalcy. And those values and views are more embodied right now in the Democratic True. Party. But I'm very much aware that we've got a ton of supporters here who are mainstream Republicans, who are independents, progressives, liberals, people not affiliated with political parties. You know, our main message here is let's foster normalcy, let's foster compassion, let's promote our democracy, and let's refuse to be gaslighted by the media that wants to both sides these issues where there are clear contrasts. And where there are clear contrasts, it is important that we point it out, we break it down, we do this in a factual, data driven way. I saw people saying they want to have a drinking game. How many times I say data. So data, 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 data. You got to take four shots right there for that. But that's one of the most important ethos that we have here at the Midas Touch Network, which is- and Don't forget, series. please, about Patreon, Ben. Give them the old- Well, Patreon. we're going to do, do the after show right now, patreon.com slash political beatdown, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash 
political beatdown. We do our after show right now. That Patreon community is growing. We don't have outside investors here on Political Beatdown, on the Midas Touch Network. So one of the fun ways we build this platform are through things like our Patreon. By the way, hopefully everybody is loving our newsletter as well, MidasTouch.com slash newsletter. It's free to subscribe to the newsletter, and you'll get daily emails from me, my brothers, other Midas Touch contributors, and our newsletter team. We give you breaking news, daily news. That's MidasTouch.com slash newsletter. Check us out at Patreon.com slash Political Beatdown. We're going to head there right now to do our after show. Special thanks to all of our pro-democracy sponsors. Again, the discount codes for those sponsors are in the descriptions below. Um, my younger brother, Jordy's the one responsible for all of the ads. And, you know, he spends a lot of time with these advertisers vetting their products and trying the products. And so I want to give a shout out to Jordy and another congratulations to Jordy, his wife, Lexi, for their first baby boy together. Congratulations, Jordy. And thank you to all of the Beatdown Brigaders. We appreciate you. We love you. We're grateful for your support. Let's keep on growing this community together, brick by brick, day by day. We're in this together. We're going to save democracy together. We'll see you next time. Shout out to the Midas Mighty.